Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our G-Long podcast. Get into the G-Long. Get into the G-Long, the team that can't win the flag. Well, well not last year they couldn't, that's nah, for sure. That's, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> um, very, very, very Supercoach relevant. Uh, they always Tim, are. Tim Kelly jumping out makes things very interesting. But it does. Before we go ahead, Chris, uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to the... Oh, you're on the... Go- Thank God someone drank that last I remaining... I, I thought I'd do you a favour. soldier in the fridge. There's one left. It's a Queensland beer, the old Forex, mate. I thought I'd do you a favour and knock it off. Thanks, because I didn't buy them. That was <laughs> Someone left them here from drinking it like a few weeks no back. No one buys Forex no. here. They were a bad present, that Michael linger. Binstead, that's your beer, and uh, I hope you enjoy uh, Ben Ayres drinking it. Yep. So Those well things linger in the fridge. Um, but before we move on, you can find us on our socials. I'm on the, the CC and uh, and Coke No Sugar. I'm on the Shred for the Wed sort of gear, but uh, yeah, good, good gear. Well, it was about two shots in there Chris that's about 140 oh, calories uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, SE Insider Twitter it's SE underscore Insider underscore uh, Twitch uh, is uh, twitch.tv forward slash SE Insider and on all major podcast platforms including SoundCloud Spotify Google Podcasts, Spotify uh, iTunes Podbean uh, Stitcher TuneIn all of them like you, you've got it we've got it you name it we're spread thin that's well hopefully not it? but we are yeah we definitely are we are um, look, let's start off with Geelong, and they have the round 12 buy, so really, uh, Geelong is definitely a... It's that bad, isn't it? Go on. It tastes like cat piss. <laughs> it's your fault. You grabbed it. Hey, it's cold. Uh, that's true. Um, so the round 12 buy, the great thing about the round 12 buy is they're great for trade-in targets. So if there's guys here that you see that you want in your side that you don't necessarily need to have from the starting position... They're the first guys you upgrade to at the buy. So I definitely would recommend holding off on trading them in at, say, round six or round seven or round eight and waiting until round 12 to trade them in at the first buy. Um, They do have a bit of a mixed start to the season. So they have the Giants away, then they have the Suns at home, then they've got the Eagles away, and then they've got the Hawks at the G, which is always a fantastic game. And then, of course, the Easter Monday, I believe. It is the Easter Monday game. And then the Saints at home. So a little bit of a mixed start, mixed bag. The finals run similar. They have Melbourne at home, then Dogs at home, Giants at home, Saints at Marvel, and then they finish with Adelaide in round 23. So they actually don't leave Victoria, sorry, not Melbourne. Um, after round 17, they've got four of their six games at GMHBA, or as I call it, Alphabet Stadium. Um, so their double ups obviously being the minor premiers, uh, they're pretty tough. They've got the Giants, Saints who are up and coming, uh, Lions, Hawks who they always struggle against, um, and Eagles, of course, as well. So they've got a, a fairly tough fixture. I'd, I'd, I'd argue it's one of the hardest, if not the yeah, hardest. It's up there. Not only that, you look at the Giants and the... Oh, De Go- um, so DeBoer, probably possibly going to tag straight up a Dangerfield type. And then not only that, Gold Coast, yeah, probably not too bad for... You know, good for scoring. But then that also gets balanced out by Eagles are notorious for running a Hutchings or someone with you as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. The good news is, is that if, say, DeBoer does tag a danger field in round one, the price doesn't change for three rounds, and then after that, it's out of his system anyway. So the good news is, if it is a lower score for that round, yeah, it's going to suck, but his price should actually rebound quite quick. I think it all depends, because, I mean, danger's the guy that, okay, you tag him, okay, cool, I'll push forward and kick five goals on you. Like, it, like he's not... 
really as taggable as he once was because I would still expect, even if he was tagged, for him to turn up. Yeah. Now, it may be 100, 110 instead of his 140, 150 that we're so used to, but I think even tagged, he can still turn up. So he's a little bit of that different beast. But we will get a little bit more into danger, of course, because this is basically the danger pod. It is the danger pod. Um, Welcome to the danger zone. But look, uh, let's let's go into their year in review. They obviously finished the year with the minor premiership and I had a huge percentage, 135, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, they did unfortunately hit a big black and white brick wall in the first qualifying final and they rallied to knock out the Eagles in the semi obviously before hitting Richmond in the prelim and also any chance you get just to pump your tires uh, well, mate, excuse me the Lions uh, one, one the time. Lions one weakens time. them the Lions weaken them <laughs> okay oh okay <laughs> um, you got lucky they did rank third in the league for Supercoach which is why this pod is obviously a very important and very Supercoach relevant pod but really, the staple to all of their winning is winning the ball at the contest. So they were actually they actually had the second highest contested disposal rate, which was forty two percent. The only team that was better than that was the Lions, and they were only slightly ahead. They also rarely turned the ball over, so they ranked fifteenth in the competition for turnovers, which is pretty good. So even they even oh, though they were in high a good in way. the contest, yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's because they yeah. played safe though. Even when they're playing against the Lions, they would just hold it up, kick it down the line, kick it down the line to a contest. Yeah, down so the obviously line to long to a contest, same same. Even thing. when they played Collingwood, they're like, "Where's the flair?" And like, no, no, we're just playing safe football to a contest. Bring it down, reset, go again. Go However, again. I'm sure you can see that when they win the ball at a stoppage and they hack kick forward, those are still counted as yeah. as contested possessions. So. Um, so yeah, I think that that's fantastic for someone who had that much contested ball to be that efficient with their turnovers. Obviously, that's why they were ranked one at one hundred thirty-five percent. I think their ball movement was really key to that. Um, they did rank third for marks inside fifty as well, which is crazy. Yeah, Hawkins killing it, uh, and second for a contested marks. So Hawkins obviously a fantastic and important cog to yeah. their wheel. Um, but they were marking them all over. I mean, a lot of their smalls can take big contested marks yeah. too. So, Oh, you're not wrong. And particularly Hawkins' first, what, uh, three quarters of the season were just oh, outstanding. And yep. Fantastic. Um, and I think that what's interesting this year is their list profile. So they're obviously still, in my opinion, a premiership window, but a lot of their older players are almost on the wrong side of that 28-29 now. Um, and their young players still, you know, 20, 21, 22. And their middle... There's a big gap. It's kind of nothing there there. of value. So it'll be interesting to see how they transition that. They are obviously going, nah, let's just go for the win. They've obviously traded in guys like Jack Steven, etc., um, Josh Jenkins, they 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 believe that this year is their year. Well, they've been doing it so, for the last few years, just trading in older guys, and they've been fairly good at it. So I'm yeah. not going to say that they've done anything wrong. Uh, in the off season, so they delisted Jordan Kuniko, Jermaine Jones, Scott Selwood. Obviously, Tim Kelly went to West Coast. Zach Smith went to Gold Coast. Uh, Wiley Buzzer was also and, delisted, and picked up by Port Adelaide. Buzzer, yeah. was he? Was yeah, he really? He was picked up. Awesome, good, good to hear. Um, Lockie Henderson, they delisted, but then re-rookied. And they obviously got Jack Stephen from St. Kilda and Josh Jenkins from Adelaide. Promoted Zach Guthrie, Zach, Sam Simpson, and Blake Schlensog onto the, uh, rookie, uh, off, from the rookie list. Ryan Abbott went where, Chris? Um, St. Kilda, I believe. Yes. <laughs> I haven't changed up there that. The silent podcast I didn't get aired. Chris was saying that he was no longer on the list. And Fair I enough. proved him wrong, didn't I, Chris? Uh, yes. And also Oscar Brownless, of course, they retain as a rookie. Yes. So, um, I suppose their movement, they've replaced it sufficiently. So it's not like they've gone... Like Tim Kelly, in my opinion, they've got about 500 players that can replace Tim Kelly. He's a dime a dozen. I don't see that special in Tim Kelly. I don't know if 
if you, if you really rate him, I, I don't think he's a fantastic player. I think it was just a benefit of being in one of the best midfielders in the competition as a, well, a, he, a role that just go get the ball and kick it forward. Oh, him being at West Coast, I think, is a good thing as well. But he is the X factor. He is dynamic. And when you have, like, say, Dangerfield and... You know, Selwoods and the all guys these other the guys. The ball. Yeah. yeah, but then he's the. It's like the the really expensive Chad Wingard. In you have the cold face people getting the ball, and then Absolutely. you have the dynamic player that gets it out and gets it on their boot and the runs. Easiest way to describe Tim Kelly's in a nutshell is absolutely fantastic at loose ball gets, terrible at hard ball gets. And I think that's the difference. Like he's not really that inside ball winner, but loose ball, he gets contested possessions from his loose ball gets because he runs onto the ball quite Look, frequently I, I wish him well I'm not picking him no, I think, in any format this year he's a solid he's a solid player without being fantastic I just think he's yeah, think he's I, slightly overrated than what he's um, I mean yeah, they got they got good, good for I'm, him I'm holding my reservation I want to see how he f- plays comfortable with his family around and yeah. back at home I, well I, I think I in think West Coast I think he's a talent it's a great thing as well they've got an established midfield so yeah. it's not they're not like relying on him to produce every week. Yeah. He can just go out there, see ball, get ball, which is what he did at Geelong, fantastically. Yeah. So, oh, it's a perfect fit, I think. Yeah. I, I I agree. If he was at West Coast, I think he'd be a little bit more so hard. Fremantle, you mean? Oh, Fremantle. Yeah, no, yeah, I 100 yeah. agree. So yeah. for him, I think the best option 100 was West Coast. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited to see him play for a new team. I am. Yeah. Um, so look, the depth's taken obviously a little bit of a hit um, with blows to Smith, uh, Selwood, Buzzer, etc. Um, but honestly, I still like, I feel like they're in a window. They've still, while they've still got Ablett, Selwood, Danger there, Duncan, you know, they're the they're staples of their club. Um, I think yeah, that they're Hawkins. still always good. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've still got their keys into that list, which make them tick. So I do expect them to be in and around the top four this year, potentially top two. Um, and they do have that huge home ground advantage. Like, yeah, they play some shit teams there. It's just like, oh, free percentage boost every time. So yeah, it's uh, it's a bit crazy. Um, let's get into the premium. So starting with the defensive spot, obviously, we've got Tom Stewart, um, who was fantastic this year. He was a very consistent performer in defense and had a blinding start to the year, averaging 101.25 in the first 11. He trailed a little bit and averaged 94.5 over the back 10. So he had a high floor with a season low of 74 in round 19 and only three scores in the 70s. So he's fairly reliable, but really only eight tons. So he's he doesn't have that huge high ceiling, but he doesn't have a, a, a low floor either. So very consistent performer, takes kickouts, um, very good at intercepting the ball as well. Uncontested marks as they move the ball around. Um, I think he's a good pick without being a fantastic pick. I don't think he's a value pick. No, and I agree. And I think their first round by Hurts. I think he's someone Absolutely. you can pick up first off the rank. You wouldn't start with him in my opinion because, again, he's A, got the first buy. B, he's quite consistent, so he's not going to... Pull out too many big scores. That's he's gonna, not going to be five fifty k in round gonna, twelve. No, right? he's not going to inflate your price too no. much. He's just that consistent. Not only that, he actually also had um, a bit of a setback with injury and had minor surgery around that Christmas mark. So I'm sure he'll still play, but he might just start off a little bit slower. Um, I, for me, he's a one to watch, and definitely for an upgrade option, I would be looking at him a hundred percent. But I would not start him in standard. Yep. And for draft, you can get him around where he is, and I expect him to perform quite considerably for I, you. A baseline, I, look, I think he's definitely going to be averaging at least 95. Um, and if he gets to an average of, say, 102, I don't think he's like 105. I think that's a bit no. too high. I think he averaged slightly above 95, 100. 95 to 99. But even then, with his, with his high floor, I see a lot of Laird in their score patterns. The difference is between him and Laird. Laird racks up. Laird racks up disposals more. Whereas he takes kickouts, yeah. But I still think that consistency of game between the two. I think they're both good picks. Probably six, top six to eight. 
But when you pick him at the start, you're not getting really value. No. Expensive picks, 533K. To me, it's a little bit too much. I'm if not you, looking yeah. to spend that much in defense. If you bring him on for, like first after the buy, you've got a consistent defender. Yeah. You then get maximized for the last two buy, like the two buy spots, and you're maximizing value. If you start, th- if you start with him, then pretty much his buy comes, and you've got nothing. Absolutely, one of the primary targets for the round thirteen yes. upgrade. One hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm eyeing him off, and I won't bring him in round round six, round eight, round ten. No, you wait. Till It'll be round thirteen. Eye them off. Eye them off. Or for, you start him. for that spot, and that's what I did uh, last year. Bontempelli. As soon as he had his buy, he was first in straight up for me. Absolutely. And you got to look at those players and don't start with them, but look to bring them in. And the way that you can obviously track their pricing as well, so put them onto your watch list. You see how they're tracking, so you know how much cash you've got to actually have to get these players in. And you can plan a couple of rounds before to make sure you get the player you want. So just be aware of it. Yes. Um, obviously, we move on to the midfield. Uh, Dangerfield, 625k, 115.2 average. And he's getting forgotten, and I'm, I, I get upset about it because... People are just overlooking Dangerfield this year, and it's crazy. I think he's around 20% owned at the moment. Which is, that is just... It's, everyone's looking for the next hot thing, Chris. I don't... I'm, they I'm want just, the next hot thing. Could you actually look... Can you look, do you know how to look it up? Because this, this is up. ridiculous. So from an SC perspective, I, I, you just look at his stats, you just go, oh, wow, he's actually amazing. He's played 230 of the last 242 games, and that's over 11 years. And six of those were in the last... In the first two of those. So in the last nine years... He's only missed six games, which is just like crazy. Like there's the outside of like Lockie Neal and Clayton Oliver, two of like one of the most consistent midfielders for playing games ever. Um, has averaged 110 plus on seven occasions of those 11 years. Well, no, he's gone up 31. percent So that's I, about. I, that's that's about still right. really low. No, that's that's really low. Uh, for his price, for, for for his price and what his output potential is. You gotta remember as well. He was he uh, his most recent output. So the, this year just gone one fifteen point two, included twenty six in round seven, which he was injured twice in the same game. So he injured his ankle, rolled it, rolled it in the first quarter, came off, came back on, bang, second quarter does his knee, um, and then goes off. And then uh, uh, you take that out of the equation, his, his true average is one hundred nineteen point six five. Um, he's got huge upside because he's got a massive, massive ceiling. And yes, we did see a, a few lower scores this year because he is playing a little bit more forward time and because Tim Kelly was the dominating midfielder, especially in the first half of the year. So he's now gone. And we obviously ask ourselves the question is, who takes Tom uh, Tim Kelly's mid minutes? Yeah, and I think it will be a, a loaded co- spread. It'll be a, a collection from the last information that we had, which was even today. Menangola plus I think Parsons or something. Yeah, yep. and there's a few people that are looking at sort of rotating through, so they're not going to replace it with one person. Oh, at this it'll stage be, of the year, everyone's getting mid time. Everyone, everyone's not only like that. Mid-time. Everyone, everyone's going up in average. Yeah, no one's talking about the guy that's going down in average. Everyone's going up. Everyone. Well, here's the thing. So it's crazy. Even if Dangerfield does go down, he's still super value at a 115 average for 625k. Like you got to say that there's unlikely that he goes down in average. It's very unlikely. It's super unlikely yeah. that he turns out a one ten, but even then, a one ten, like uh, he is the um, third highest owned midfield premium player. Is he really? Yes. So oh. behind Fife and behind Cripps at this point. So he is still quite well owned, which so is reassuring. Dunkley, Neil, all lower. Oh, really? they're all lower. Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. That's, that well, is... here you go. Uh, quick pro quo. Quick. Pro, pro uh, okay, power so let me bring it up. Uh, okay, so well, first five. of all, 
Freddie Grundy's a midfielder. McRae's 28. Congrats for the seven years, bro. McRae's 28%, so he's a little bit lower. Wow. Then Lockie Neal's 24%, so lower again. Um, sweet baby Jesus. Dunkley, 18.5%. Tom love Mitchell, 16.5%. So there's only 2% difference between Dunkley Clayton and... Clayton Oliver, 13.5%. Cornelio, 13%. Someone's got... Tim Kelly, 11.3%. Man, there's a lot of West Coast supporters out there. Oh, man, that's that's a bad pick. Uh, Bonzapelli, 9.9. Josh Kelly, 9.5, which is a great pick. 9.5%, that's great. It's just injuries. That's the only reason why he's down there. But he could kill. That is amazing. And we will talk about him in the next podcast. 6.3, Ron Marshall. I know we're getting off topic. 5.7, Trelaw. Just avoid Trelaw. He's a great pick, but... Again, he's a great player, not necessarily. Yeah, no, no, but there's the still, gap. There's it's still, still, there's still a gap. big gap. Go one of the better players. Again, if, you literally pay 10k more for Dangerfield, who yeah. has the potential. Like Dangerfield has the potential to go 130 again this year. He does. There's every chance that he absolutely has another tear. He's got the. He has the role, and he's now that outlet. He's the only real guy apart from Jack Stephen with that real big leg speed in that midfield. I anticipate him going up maybe 5% more time in midfield, which is going to really, really impact his scoring. So anyway, let's move on. Um, I do love him, and I think that he's above that next run. So your Trelaw, your Olivers, your Bonts, I think he's a, he's above that, well above it. Sorry, 1.6% with uh, Angus Brayshaw. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think we're on the Hope bandwagon. I like it. We'll keep you up to date with that kind of stuff closer to the season. Yes. Mitch Duncan, obviously, um, you know, pre- has been premium before. Yeah, I think he averaged 111 two years ago. Um, he averaged 103.2 this year, so had a bit of a down year. I don't think he's top tier, obviously, again, for standard. So I wouldn't be choosing him in standard, but I do think his value in draft. Um, 16 tons for the year, which means he's super consistent. Only one sub score of 76. Um, sorry, one one sub 76 score and only one score above 126. So he had a, which was what, 144. So again, has a low ceiling, but has a high floor. So that real consistent midfielder, again, classic, classic round 13 upgrade. Like someone like this, who can go on a big runs. I actually think he'll be cheap this year, Chris. And I I know this because um, he had some injury issues. So the good thing is he is very consistent. So he's played 85 out of his last 88 games. So he did have injury issues prior but he's been really super consistent since then. He actually averaged 110 for his first 13 rounds, yep. but then only averaged 92.4 for his last nine. So for me, straight after the season, though, he had end of season... Uh, also, he had an injured knee in the yep. final, didn't need surgery, but he had a bung knee, so he took some time off there. Then he actually had an end of season shoulder surgery and a minor hip operation, Great. which was only really recently. So he had three... Uh, so two end of season operations and a bung knee, which I think means he's going to start a little bit slower. Perfect for me. Uh, he's expected to start running sometime in January, which was the last thing that I've yep. seen regarding him. So he has had a bit of a hard time in this offseason. Chuck him in your watch list. Tag it down. Mitch Duncan round thirteen upgrade. Yep. I- if his if his shoulder was giving him issues, that could have been partially the reason that he actually tailed off yep. in scores. But you have a cleanup on the shoulder. Your knee gets a bit better. You know, Absolutely. it'll be interesting. But he could start quite slow. I would not well, be picking the, him. Here's the thing: uh, a lot of their deliveries into the 450 were from Tim Kelly last year. Mm. You ch- take put him it, out. Put it who's your best kick? Oh, Duncan. Hands Duncan's down. the best kick. The he, best kick. He's by far the best kick in their team. Um, I can see him going back up to that 111 level. Yeah, I really can. Uh, and again, here's, here's Tim, a, when Tim Kelly played outside, because sometimes he wasn't on the ball. He was he was playing yeah. outside. 
taking Mitch Duncan's mid-minutes. Mitch Duncan was either back or or in front of the ball. So I can see him getting a pure midfield uh, wing role. I think Tim Kelly out helps Duncan immensely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the good thing is with draft, though, if he does start slow, he is someone, and, and you know I like to do this, Chris. You watch people that have been injury prone. They might not have the best preseason. They come in, they start a bit slower, and all of a sudden you start bargaining your draft players, being like, "Oh, that Mitch Kelly, uh, that sorry, that Mitch Duncan, geez, he's shit. I want him." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you, oh, he's only averaging eighty five over the yeah, first. Yeah, he's four averaging eighty five. I'll give you, I'll give you people. You know, I mean, like a, a Zach Jones averaging a hundred for the first five rounds. You know what I mean? I'll give you two players for one. But they're the things you do. That's, he gets he gets I'm his body so doing that this year. He gets his just, body right. Just throwing some real shit player it under works, the bus though. to someone. Someone that's averaging well. Sometimes it backfires, sure, but otherwise you get players like that. Numbers on, talk, man. They're on a heater. Numbers look good. You get someone like a, a Mitch Duncan, and then all of a sudden his body comes right, and bang, he, wha- he whacks out 110 average for the last 12 rounds. I love it. Um, moving on. I got here's here's a little. I got a Callan Ward. I think I gave up like a Polek who was on a heater. You did, and someone else. Uh, I think I gave up. Pollock and a Blake Akers. And then Blake Akers missed most of the season after he that. He got injured Pollock, straight away. Pollock went pew, downhill. And then Callum Ward averaged 115 for the back Pollock's end of the year. such a dud. He's so bad. He's such... I was uh, so you happy. Know what I, you know what I hate? <laughs> yeah, okay, so we're going to be off topic here. Yes, back uh, when, when Pollock's playing, man, commentators go nuts about him. They think he's the like next coming. He's such an average footballer. Um, I, He's the like most average footballer at Port Adelaide. Well, if he was the next coming, he'd be like Isaac coming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that bad bastard. Man, um, I, don't, I don't know what people see in Jared Pollock, eh? I just don't see it. Oh, they see money, apparently. Just, he probably sees money. I see a Cash trader. money. I see a trader. Anyway. <laughs> I see a pure trader. <laughs> All right, on to Joel Selwood. So uh, 465k mid. Only got to the 85.8. And look... Even with Tim Kelly gone, I'm more of the opinion that they're playing the kids much more in front of him because Joel Selwood obviously has been a stalwart for ages. Uh, he's, he's a captain, and I think he's going to play that more captain role. He's going to be getting a little bit more outside, but he will definitely be getting inside at some points in the game. With, when they need someone to go in and crash crash a few skulls, crash the packs, yeah. get a body on someone. When they need a rest for a blood rule, then they'll throw him in there. Absolutely. <laughs> but I don't think that he's going to be standard relevant at all this year. And um, I would completely avoid in draft, but it may be a little bit of value. I think well, he, I think he's, he's probably worth more than 85.8. But He's half what's standard relevant, but the problem is he's not going to be a keeper. So it's one of those people, will he make you enough cash? No Here's, here's the downside though, right? A, he played more wing. Um, Obviously recently injured as well. He only had one score higher than a 108, which was a 145, so it was his one good game. But he yep. had lows of a 46, a 47, 63, 69, and another 69. He actually had a last four average of 65.7. Uh, he's 32 this year. But the problem was he actually had uh, end-of-season minor surgery to fix hamstring tendonitis, which does not give me much not confidence. Great. They expect him to start running obviously some, not running. They expect him to start running sometime in January, but I haven't heard anything positive since then. I, I'm actually more on the with his age profile and the injury type. I think he's a slow burn. I doubt but he starts you know, you know, round one. You know what they do every year? He doesn't do a preseason. I think he just hates preseason. Like, oh, look, he'll he's a professional. He'll he'll get himself That's right. That's true. And then he kind of gets her under the radar and then puts his hand up. For Ma- makes a hundred percent sense. I can't believe I didn't see it sooner. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just one of those guys that you know when it comes around to your turn at the bar. Yeah, it's your shit. It's true. And this guy's pissed I'm off out. to the... Yeah, he's gone. Sorry, boys. He's I left my car at home. It comes so. around to pre-season. He's like, oh, yeah, end of season. I, doc, give me... You know what? I haven't had hip in a while. Give me a hip you know, surgery. I'll you give know me my, hamstring surgery. You know my favorite on the round chat? It's like, it's their, it's their round, but they get beers instead of spirits. 
<laughs> it's like Chris I'm going to go the cheaper option Chris is doing Jager bomb, and then they bring out a shout of 4x I do, I do a shot and a drink and they're like oh I'll just go around of beers boys what do you want <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing that'd be me <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was slightly hinting towards your hey, way not only that I'd be asking the person what's on special <laughs> yeah, yeah. so what um, summer brights are on special eh? summer, oh hey. yeah you guys like summers hey yeah yeah, yeah hey boys the, uh, the premium beer was, no uh, was empty on tap and they said it would take about 15 minutes so I thought you'd be thirsty in the meantime so yeah. I, bought you, I bought you this round so I don't know I don't know what craft beer is but I got these great forexes <laughs> yeah hey boys are 20 bucks for six I'm in yeah I got a, got great, a whole bucket great bargain <laughs> got a bucket bucket of Rona's boys hey yeah. boys and there's more where that came from wait till it comes around again <laughs> yeah and there's one extra alright all right, let's move that on that I'm Chris. definitely drinking um, Move on. Anyway, so Sam Menegola, obviously the next one, 441k, 81.3. We've had a bit of a chat about him. Yes, uh, rumoured today even to be playing a lot more inside mid. Yep. Uh, however, he's a midfield only. He's not forward eligible, which sucks. And we've seen him play midfield. We've seen him play midfield where he averaged 102, yep. three years in a row. Was it two years in a row? Three years, I believe. Um, which half isn't a, enough. Half a season it's on one. It's and... just not enough. Um, so... Uh, I don't think as many people want to spend 441k on a potential breakout that's going to fail and then going to need to upgrade anyway. So it's that's a it's a real rough call there. Yeah. Um, he, you have to have balls. Don't do it for standard because he isn't a keeper, first of all. He's probably quite expensive. Um, and he's a midfield only. As a forward option, I, I would like the pick. Absolutely. Uh, in draft, though, he is value. He averaged like 81.3. So think, in draft... I think he goes 90-95 this year. I like, you could, I, in, draft, in draft, you could pick him up at a 90 comfortably. I don't see many people picking him up over a 90. So in a draft league, particularly when your mates, if it gets to a 90, even just below, if your mates have no idea, I think in our draft league where people are a bit more switched on, you have to kind of pick him around that 90 mark because there will be that potential for him to go 100 and you're getting that 10-point swing either way. Absolutely. And uh, I'll I'll release... uh, Will we release our draft... Picks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Our predictions. I plan on doing it. Yeah. We'll do it a little I, bit later. At this point in time, I am ninth out of 12. So <laughs> I'll show you what. I don't know what pick I have. Oh, wait. Uh, you're maybe first I do. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been first. I've never been even top five. I've, I spent four years in the top four picks. I know. And, and now I've. You, well, you, you got back to backs. You can't be complaining about that. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, exactly right. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> anyway. I can't believe it. I'm going to have two like Uber premiums in my team to start the year. It's going to be fantastic. That's really quick for you to slide down to fifth, mate. All right. So. All right. Um, now, just other midfield considerations, obviously. Uh, Quentin Narkel rumored to have more mid-time, and they really rate him there. Yes. Um, Constable, who knows what's going to happen with him. I would definitely avoid in standard, but... Maybe a late bench option. But in- the, the problem is he averaged like 80. So someone's picking him earlier than they should in draft as well. So for well, me, I would just hold off. The word on Constable is that he un- they, they Geelong rate him as a player, but he doesn't have enough tank to play uh, inside midfielder role. For long and enough. Unfortunately, the problem, the problem with that is he's not a forward He's like a bit of Matt Rao, but without the tank. So yeah. he can't... But he's had two years in the system, so he you need to... to I don't know if he's it. ever going to get there. I honestly don't because because there are there's all these midfielders that come in with huge tanks that yeah you know, especially at Geelong they always draft them really well yeah he's got to try and somehow bridge that gap to them to be able to start playing but I tell you what when he's on he's yeah. on like he can score big 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 points so let's hope, let's hope he gets it together. Anyway, in the ruck, no real premiums. Um, no. Reece Stanley's obviously there, but... Rumor is Reece Stanley probably won't even be the number one ruck It's a, it's a ruck lotto with Geelong every uh, week. Who knows who's playing the number one ruck? 
Yeah, Radaglia, I believe they might be pipping him for the number one ruck role, which I would much rather see. Absolutely. Uh, very agile, very athletic, uh, and Stanley just... Just Stanley. I actually had high hopes for him. This back honest, when he left Saints. I honestly, had high hopes, but. some games Stanley looks like un, like a completely revamped version of him. He's like two hundred percent better than what his standard is. Yeah. And the other game is like that's where Stanley's a shit ruckman. Well, it's the like, that's that's where it's at. It's the Petrarca of ruckman. <laughs> is it not? He does five good some, things a game. Some and games. That's that except the problem is that we all, when Stanley does something, we're like, oh, but it's Stanley. So we know, we note these things. Whereas when it's Petrarca, we're like, it's Petrarca. He's back. He's doing you the mean, great stuff. You mean the trap man himself? The tra- the, yeah, the Petrapper. Yeah. Petrapper. I haven't heard anyone talking about him yet this preseason. Nah. I think uh, people have learnt. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, no, you wait. The Melbourne podcast people are like, oh, no, Petrarca, it's got to be Petrarca's year, man. Petrarca's year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more midtime. And there's no way he gets more mid-time with their forward forward line the way it is. But yeah. we'll talk about that on the Melbourne pod. Holy crap. Anyway, uh, so forward line. Gary Ablett, of course, the uh, no, the only real premium there. The GOAT. 5.19K. Look, uh, 95.7 average in a year where he played like basically 90% forward. And it wouldn't be super coach without spotlighting Gary Ablett because I think he's just that, that good and that pre- prestigious of a player over such a long time. So... Look, if this might be the last year we see Gaz, and that's sad. Yeah, it could be. That's super sad. The guys, I love him. I love him so much. Um, lost midfield eligibility, so he's really only a forward now. And, of course, he still plays some mid-minutes. So some yeah. games, I think he had a 160 a, last year. We had a pinch. absolute bang of a game. And he only missed one game this season, which for him is actually fantastic because he's missed quite a few games over his career. Um, I do envisage, unfortunately, he'll probably decrease slightly. Again, a little bit older, um, a little bit less time on ground. Um, but he did actually have a really high time on ground. I think he played like 89% time on ground this year. Is that is that accurate? Uh, Ablett, uh, 87.9% 87.9. time on ground. So, yeah, he, he is definitely underrated. But again, they have the first buy. So, for me, it's not picking them there. But who's, Plus- who's spending 520k on a forward premium that isn't named... Dustin Martin or Lockie Whitfield? Who's doing that? Or Isaac Heaney? How much is Heaney? Hot 5, 20, 5, 30? Yeah. No, I didn't think probably that. Yeah, I think it's about 5, They're probably about 10, the same. 5, 20, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, oh, probably about the same. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So given his price tag, I'll probably pass, but it is a yeah. unique option. Obviously, if you really want him, wait till round 13 because that's the really only time you can really pick him up. Well, yeah, and the best thing about that is, is that because travel for Gary is probably a big issue as well. Yep. Um, but after their bye, they play Hawks, Port, Carlton, Eagles, Lions, Collingwood, Melbourne, Dogs, and those Giants, six. Saints, yep. and Adelaide. And out of all of that, after their bye, they actually only travel outside of Victoria twice. And one's to Port Adelaide and one's to Brisbane. Not the worst trips in the world to have. Not bad at all. Uh, not bad at all. And yeah, every other one of those is in Victoria. So it's either in Melbourne or it's at their home ground. So for Alphabet me, Stadium. after the bye, if his body looks all right, he could be uh, particularly for those playing against mates in their um, you know, in the standard leagues, could be an awesome little option that could just bang out some good scores. I don't mind it. I actually really don't. Yeah, I'd um, keep, keep an eye on him. It's one of those open ones. You just got to be wary that they may just rest him as well. They may do, and it could um, be a round twenty-two special. You know, Ooh. yeah, coming in, coming in there. A grand final, one of your premium fours. Just so misses the game. Keep, keep a trade just up give your it sleeve. A rest, boys. Keep yeah. a trade up your sleeve. Um, now the only other really, I wouldn't say premium, but obviously a mid-price option. Um, obviously came over from 
uh, from uh, St Saints. Kilda. Jack Stephen, 361k forward mid. And look, DPP status was the best thing that ever happened to him. Yes. Because he now is a super relevant player. Otherwise, he would not have been relevant at all. He hasn't been relevant in Supercoach for about eight years. Uh, I think there was one year where he averaged okay because he had like five 150s, like, and they were all against like bottom four sides, like huge downhill skier, which bodes well for someone like Jack Steven because he's going to the Premiers. Yeah, going to a team that scores well, going to a team where he can just do his thing. Everyone's supported around him. It's like, okay, this is your role. You can come in. We'll get the hard ball. We'll give it to you. You can then come in and get some hard ball. You can kick some goals. I absolutely agree with everything you said. He should be see ball, get ball. Because he can be super damaging as a player. Dynamic. But he's a super liability on the defensive end. Yes. So, But they're pretty tight-knit on that aspect. Well, so. exactly right. They, they had Kelly last year. Yeah. Kelly's not a defensive midfielder in any stretch. Danger so field, not always either. I do think that if he can lock down a mid-roll, and I'm talking 70 to 80% midfield time, he's almost a guaranteed starter in most Supercoach starts. Can you see how much uh, percentage he's, he's in? Yes, yeah, in, Chris. Thank yeah, you very much. Your secretary and assistant will be back in a moment. You're welcome. Um, so, look, I, th- I think he might be super valuable. There, there's every chance that he comes in and goes 100 to 105, but I think it's more likely that it's a 90 to 95. However, if he plays the same role he did last year, which is mainly forward flashing into midfield, you'd be lucky to average 80. So there is a huge role factor with Jack Steven. So I'm just just be aware of that massive massive preseason watch. Obviously his fitness is in question and it has been for a couple of years, but by all reports he's super fit, he's doing all the training, he's getting through the gear. He is looking pretty good. And according to Geelong, they recruit him to play midfield. Now, they also have 50 other midfielders and like the article today highlighted who what that what that mix is going to be like, how much midfield time he actually gets. What his role in that midfield is going to be? Is it just going to be a purely attacking? And not only that, the preseason could be a little tester, but things can shift as Clarko and Bevo know well and truly. Things, things could shift. They might take a little bit of time to work out their best mix. Um, and the answer, Chris, is 36%. That's high. That's high. That's really high. Which is which which means that it's sort of at that point where if he does break out to be a top six candidate... He could hurt you. He could seriously hurt you. Yes. So it may be worth having him just to protect yourself. Now, the, the good thing is about where he's priced, you can sort of go a little bit different direction. So, he, it's kind of awkward price, but also there's Devin Smith, which is 30k cheaper if he starts to really turn up and, and starts to really hurt you. Or you can go slightly up to someone like a Andrew Brayshaw, um, who's a little bit more expensive. Or a there's another one that's about 380k that's slipping my tongue right now. Um, or you could find another 100k and get up to that sort of Hugh Greenwood, Darcy Parrish sort of area. So it's not that it, that's only a one down one up scenario. So it, let's say it happens to get to round six, you've given Stephen enough time, and you don't you don't like it. Yep, you've had a good one look, down one up. Role, you go to a premium. Yep, his role's not going well. Yeah, fair. So there is every chance that um, that he doesn't perform yeah, the way he does. It, but yeah. I think so you can go for someone maybe like a Heaney or a Whitfield or someone that you don't have, and hopefully they start a bit slower. Yeah. One down, one up. Bang, you get the guy that you're after, and your team's looking pretty good again. Yeah, I mean, even if someone like Devin Smith goes bang, bang, bang over the first six rounds, you'd still be able to one down, one up to him. Yes, it's got to cost you trades, oh. and you may not want to do you that. You might even be able to sideways, yeah. You'll oh, see. true, yeah. but depends Close. on the scores and progression and yeah. things like that. But 
I just think that there's there's definitely merit in choosing one of these cheaper guys, but have this is why I like Steven. He's in the middle. Yeah. So you've got you know, a room lot of to move. You can go one up, one down. But not only that, you could if you missed out, you could then go one up, one down and get a bulk of last year. Absolutely. The problem is, is if you go guns and rookies, I wanted to go bulk, but I couldn't afford him to the buys because I had two expensive people and two cheap people. Which is just going to cost trades for no reason. I had to go two down and one up just to even try and get to him at a stretch. You know, so for people that had these speculatives, you know, if you pick, if you miss out on like a Callum Mills, you can go one down, one up, bang, I've got a Hearn by around six, you know, like, but it is a, a costing you a trade or whatever have you, but you're getting that premium that other people can't have until the buy. So it could give you the little bit of difference. I absolutely agree with you. Know. Or the Marshalls. Well, you know, everyone the that. problem with going, okay, so there's two problems that you can see with, with Jack Stephen. If you start Jack Stephen, but then also start Devin Smith, or then also start... Brayshaw, you're cancelling out all your options. Yes. You're, you're cancelling out your breakout options. It's going to really restrict you in terms of what you can do with your team. Yep. Imagine starting last year with uh, Whitfield and a Callum Mills and a McGrath. Oh, man. At the moment, there's, there's a lot of people that could break out, but chances are it's usually like one in four. There's one, right? There's, there's one, one that's got one to be in, top six. One in three, one in four, one in four, maybe like breaking out, but even then to a certain extent. Absolutely. So I think Jack Stevens is the safest of the options. One in 10 becoming a top 10, maybe. Like it's, yeah, it's picking the yes. right one. And sometimes it's better off just to go. Let's just have go. options. Yep. Just have options both ways and you're good. Um, but don't have, I, I just, I, I honestly scared when I see two, like if I see Steven and Smith in the same team, I like, I, I would yep. panic. I Except would for, uh, yeah. actually panic. Unless like a Dodie and a Robertson, they're there to make money. Then they're not to be a top That's six right. or 10 pick. So you're choosing Jack Steven or Devin Smith to be a top six or to, top 10. To keep them. You don't want them to just make you money because let's say, oh, I want to make money. All right, cool. So 150K, which is what you would want them to make. That means that their price of five ten k. If their price of five ten k, they're averaging like ninety eight. Yeah, they're a keeper. Keep yeah, you're keeping them. So you're not getting rid of. You're not getting Jack Stephen to make money. You're getting Jack Stephen to be a keeper. Same with Devin Smith. You're not getting him to make money. You're getting him because you think he's going to be a top six forward. Outside of that, don't waste your money. It's a complete like this. This is a very important consideration because I think it's a lot of people are thinking like. Do I get Jack Stephen? Do I get Devin Smith? Do I get the more? Do I get the Jordan Dawson? Do yeah. I get the Darcy Parish? Do and I get for, the Hugh Greenwood? Well, for me, I quite like you know even on the defensive side, I like Dodie, I like Robertson, yeah. and I like uh, Hill. But chances are, I might actually go Hill over. I can't a, afford them. Well, both, exactly. So I really I, I'm actually leaning at this point in time. I don't have uh, Robertson. I have Hill instead of Robertson because he's cheaper, and I think he'll still make me more money. Well, you see, know? Hill's a very low risk pick yeah. because worst case scenario doesn't pan out. He's still going to make you 100k. Yeah, like even if, if he's averaging 75, or if he's still he, making you 100k. Or if he shits the bed, you downgrade him to another rookie. Yeah, so it's very like you unlikely know, to burn you. Yeah. Whereas Jack Steven or Devin Smith can burn you if you don't play it right because you've got no options to go anywhere. Um, so just, just some interesting stuff to take aware of. Um, I will take draft considerations. Obviously, Tom Hawkins, who averaged 85.6 last year. He's always around about the mark. You'll get into some teams, but he's 465k this year. To me, that's uh, let someone else grab Tom Hawkins. I'm not really interested. Um, and no. Luke Dalhouse, who started on fire at the start of last year. Yeah. 85.1 by the end of the year, 462K. Remember the way that Luke uh, Luke Dalhouse is playing at Geelong, which is pressure forward, tackles, and goals. Yeah. The only He's not a high possession, didn't no. play barely any midfield time. He looks good on your draft side if he's like yeah, maybe F4 or F5. Um Hawkins, yeah, I do agree again. You let someone else get him. They're going to get the highs. They're going to get the lows. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind versing Hawkins because there's every chance he can get him a 30. You know? By the so, way, how good is our sponsor today, Canadian Club? Just fantastic. How much Canadian Club is good this? Like a double shot. Excellent. Now we're good. Um, all right, so on to the rookies. So unfortunately with Geelong, they have a stupid amount of depth with second and third year guys that have already played games. Yep. So it's very unlikely that they'll debut too many players without giving them a run in the VFL. And I, I, round one, I, I doubt highly there's going to be anyone that is a bona fide rookie that they'll play. Yes. Um, however, I will go through a couple of them. So Cooper Stevens was pick 16. Um, he's a mid only 139k. Um, so a little bit more expensive than that 123k, which is unlike un. It's not a great. It's a great, but. Yeah. Um, look, he slid down the order. So he was uh, predicted to be a top 10 pick. He fractured his fibula in round three of this year, of sorry, of last year. Um, but he's a big body inside mid with high endurance. So he's basically like Constable, but with high endurance. Um, he's In his bottom year, he averaged 16.5 disposals, but he had four clearances at a contested possession rate of 54%, which is just And that was the massive. year before. So yes. he was a year younger than everyone. Well, he's most a bottom, people. Yeah, he okay. was 17 playing in the 18s comp, yep. and he's averaging 54% contested possessions. Yeah, right. <sighs> Mate, I'm intrigued. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely noteworthy. Wait for him to debut, because I think he's going to be those guys. If he gets the right role. Now, here's the thing, right? So guys like Cooper Stevens, you cannot get... If he comes in and he's playing full pocket... It's a complete waste of his skill set. Yeah, he's only coming in if he's playing inside midfielder. It's the same with Constable. Like he's only getting a game if yeah. they're playing inside mid. Big bodied midfielder. Fair Absolutely. Um, other other draft options. So Sam DeConing, two hundred and one centimetre key position utility, of course. Uh, and they also got in franchise Evans, medium forward. They're both viewed as long term prospects. I wouldn't Don't take any draft consideration. Point, no. um, the only other one that may play this year, in my opinion, is Cameron Tahini. So they actually got him at pick fifty. But he was a, a tip to first rounder as well, but had another injury interrupted year and has high upside. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I rate Geelong's picks anyway. Yeah, this is sort in, of considered the, the Stephen Wells special. Yeah, so in general. Um, now, the one that is rookie price, but he's not a rookie, of course, is Nakai Cockatoo. Yes. Um, and I think we've all seen him play. He's got absolute fantastic talent. Are you sure he's Cockatoo? Because I hear he's cheap, cheap. Oh, that's a that's a joke you didn't even make in the last. No, one. I didn't. Came up with that one. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so look, unfortunately, his rookie price, which is great, he's likely to be in the best twenty-two when fit. If fit, when fit, obviously. So he ticks all the boxes. Who should be a noteworthy consideration? Uh, his previous, he's played for four years, but he's only played three years officially. Um, played 11, 10, and ten games in successive years. Playing just a two in twenty eighteen, and then missing last year completely. Um, so he had a hamstring and adductor issues, which is not great. So obviously soft tissue injuries following back-to-back knee surgeries as well. Yay. Um, so Scott said, look, at, so what happened last year is he actually came back to fitness, was playing VFL. It was August and he had some hamstring tightness and Scott basically said, whoa, <laughs> let's roll that back a little bit <laughs> and literally stopped him, put him on ice for the rest of the season because they wanted to get a, a full preseason into him for this year. Yep. So, so if he goes between now and round one without hearing any negative news about his fitness or his body, then yep. I reckon you could pretty much lock him in if he starts round one. Absolutely. Now, unfortunately, he's not a great super coach player. So even though he's 143K, his best return was an average of 63. However, if he gets the right role, he can score. Like he yep. definitely can score, but he's obviously an outside player. And so we just have to sort of wait and see. There could Because he's a forward, it gives him credence. If he was mid only... 
wouldn't you, touch him. You wouldn't touch no. him. Uh, but because he's a forward, I think he can still average, I'm hoping, 65 to 70 with that price point. Yep. For me, so he's really go. only in consideration. If you're going like maybe three premium forwards, Narco looks great at an F4 yep. with a couple of rookies. If you're going a Devin or someone like that or a Steven at F4, then you can just get away with going two rookies. You don't need to spend the extra, you know, 25 you know, K or 40K. I, I'm it's looking not bad. at the rookies, and I'm not, it's not I'm bad, not hating the forward rookies this no, year. No, I'm liking the forward I think rookies. I felt the same last year before the JLT no, started, and then forward, I was like, I think oh. forward rookies last year were sketchy as... Well, I don't know. They were sketchy. Everyone's like, oh my God, the forward line's going to be, like, horrible. And we picked people just because they were playing, well, but I mean, their scoring was horrible. We ha- Who did we have forward last year that was, like, a bona fide star early in the, early in the year? No one. No, Drew, Willem Drew, right? Was that last year or was that yeah, the year before? last year, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you, you had basically like Drew, a... Drew, Setterfield, who started horribly. Yeah, it's uh, decent, right? But there was yeah. decent picks. This year, you know you're going to start, well, Isaac Rankin. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a plethora of different guys. Yeah, King, uh, Kavara, or however you say his name. Yep. There's a few different options there, yeah. I think there's decent options forward. I, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm I not think there is as well. I mean, Eli Smith got forward status. Yeah. Thank you, the Neeful. Um, anyway, on to the preseason watch. So, as as we've mentioned, so watch Cockatoo, watch Stephen, watch Menegola, and watch Constable. Yes. See what they do. Um, breakout contenders, obviously, Stephen, Constable, and Menegola. They've got the potential to go to that next level and provide... And to a mini bang. extent, uh, Duncan, if he gets his body Absolutely. Right. I think with Duncan, it's just a do-not-start blanket. There's a just do-not-start him. But watch him because you may want him for that first midfield upgrade or second midfield upgrade, depending on where you're at. Yeah, I think that pretty much yeah wraps us up for G-Long. That does. Easy. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, next, we will be covering Hawthorne, so stay tuned for that. Cheers, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I am